The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, KD Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K.M.R. and D. Lee. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. My name is Kay Marr, and I am here with my co-host, Dee Lee. Together, we welcome you to our show. Thank you, Kay. Today, we are talking with Margaret Tanner, who for the last 25 years has been studying energy healing and meditation. She has developed a thriving massage practice as a licensed massage therapist and also has a minister's license in a spiritually-based church community. Margaret has learned firsthand that to help others heal, she had to experience the deep journey of learning about spirit herself. We are very fortunate to have Margaret with us. She will be giving us some practical clues on how we are more than a body and mind and how to live in the flow as a spiritual being. Margaret, thank you for joining us. Thank you, I'm excited to have this wonderful opportunity to be part of your Be Mighty show. Margaret, you have shared with us how you had a profound experience about 25 years ago with a teacher that asked a couple of questions. Could you please share the questions and how you found that that experience has given you the foundational framework for discovering what you feel is your purpose? Well, certainly, Kmar. The questions that one of the first meditation classes I ever attended 25 years ago were, are you a human being here having a spiritual experience, or are you a spirit here having a human experience? And this, I have to say, rocked me to my foundational core, Um, and yet it touched some deep knowingness inside that something had been missing in my life and that my perspective was about to change. And over the course of the last 25 years, I've been on a a deep uh, search within myself, you know, an energetic search through meditation, through exercise, through nutrition, through so many different uh, modalities in order to learn more about myself as a spiritual being. Uh, who am I when I'm connected to this love force of the universe? And how do I then relate to this physical form and keep this physical form healthy? Because if I'm a spirit here coming into a physical form, and that's my house on the earth plane, then I need to keep my physical form healthy. I need to feed it well. I need to 
nourish it. I need to uh, give it correct amounts of water, rest, because the body is a very important part of my journey. And so how I do this is I focus on that flow of spirit, what I call love force energy, flowing into my human form and helping me maintain the connection between spirit, mind, and body. So it's really an interconnection, yeah. What I'm finding is my purpose is to maintain and build on this knowledge and then teach others who may be wanting to know more about this for themselves. Everything is energy. You know, as you've explained, there's energy around us in a lot of different forms, and the quantum scientists are now proving that uh, more and more every day, that it's very much out there. As you've gone through your own healing process and also have been helping others, what role does energy or personal vibration or frequency have in the results of the healing experience for yourself or for your client? So... um when, when I'm doing this training and I'm bringing that spirit energy more and more into my form, that's increasing my personal vibration or personal frequency, and that is uh, filling my body with light, filling my body with the love of source or God or spirit energy. And, and it's like going into a dark room, which we, the, the body, and sh- turning on a light and shining light throughout my whole body and throughout my life. And then what happens is stuck energy on the physical body, maybe from past experiences, will start to surface. And when it does, then I can identify it and release it with massages or exercises, breathing, movement. And stuck energy also shows up in the emotional. And so that's when I, uh, I have sought professional counseling Um to see what the stuck patterns of beliefs are that were in my unconscious so that I can um, start to change those beliefs and make my own conscious decisions. Margaret, along this same line, I've heard, and I'm sure other people have heard this too, that past emotional traumas can get lodged in different parts of our bodies. Can you find this gunk the energetic gunk stored in somebody's aura or body, whatever you want to say. Do you share this information with your clients if you do find it? What's the best way to clear it? Well, I I refer to this energetic gunk as stuck energy. And, yes, I find it in the, you know, when we have tightness in our bodies or feel depressed or anxious, sometimes that's a sign that there's some energetic gunk that's stored in our bodies, our physical aura or our emotional or mental auras. Do I share this information with my clients? Uh, sometimes. It really depends on the client. Uh, some people come to me and really want me to help them identify what's going on with them. I mean, they've had some training. If they haven't had any training, um, I'm very careful what I say, um, because massage does release stuck energy, and the client may have emotional releases like tears, or they may have pain as the stuck energy releases. So I will often tell people that 
they may have that experience during the, the massage. And just and that I will just hold steady with them. And what I do then is I just hold a safe container for them to go through their process. And I do this just by staying calm and relaxed with them. And um, I can also reference them to other healers. Uh, one author I have used is Louise Hayes. She's wrote, written a couple of wonderful books about identifying stuck beliefs and how to change them. One is called Love Your Body. Another is called Heal Your Body. So uh, that's, that's what I do. Does that answer right. your question? And do you have a definition for gunk? <laughs> gunk. Uh, energetic. Stuck energy. Stuck okay. energy. And it does. It gets stuck. I've seen it in my own body. It's just this stuck ball of energy. Uh, it's like electromagnetic snarling. And uh, we just have to hold a focus on it and breathe into it so that it can release through the muscle oh. tissues. Great. Over the last weeks, we've been uh, learning a lot about the close connection between our bodies and our minds and how important it is really to take care of our physical and mental selves. Since you are working with the body and know that work with the body will affect the mind, how do you approach your work with a client when they don't really know what to ask for in the massage session with you? Well, firstly, each session is different even with the same client. So the most important thing I can do is set an intention for healing, wellness, and safety, and for myself to be really present to listen to what the client says and what the client's body says. It's kind of like a lifeguard holding a space for people to swim safely. So I would say that for me to be mindful and present during each session is the most important thing that I can do. What is... Somatic release work, if a client comes to you with a specific area of pain they've identified, is this something that you do? Well, I, the definition of soma or somatic is body, so that would be uh, distinct from the mind or spirit. That's what, how it was in the, in the dictionary. So I do a lot of trigger point and myofascial work in areas where there's a, people come and say it's really painful in this area, and when I hold a focus on those areas with my physical body and with my energetic intention, I see kind of like this stuck uh, energetic um, tangling, and as I ask, then I ask the clients to breathe into that area and breathe under the pain, breathe under that area and that all bringing the client's focus to that area and my focus to that area helps them this stuff to leave, this suck energy. And I have seen it on my own body release in just this bubble that just released through the tissues and released out of the body and it's just gone. Wow. So have you ever had um, clients that come to you who are basically very healthy on a physical level but for some reason, um, their, their stress relief they're looking for and they might be emotionally or spiritually low. What do you suggest that um, the client do to actually get back into balance? Well, I would say that each one of us um, struggles with this 
because we live here on an earth plane that is really uh, much more dense than the energetic planes of light. And so in our life experiences, we often can become anxious or depressed and feel cut off from that source of love or joy in our lives. So one of the easiest things that I do when I'm feeling anxious or depressed is I start focusing on my breathing. Uh, and when I do, I focus on bringing spirit energy or love energy fully into my body. I feel my toes moving. I feel my feet on the ground. I really start to really feel myself centered and grounded in my body. And that's the first and most important thing I do. Sometimes when that's not enough, I go for a walk. Um, I find connecting with nature, uh, going to a park or looking at flowers or leaves or trees is helpful. I've even gone out and just dug in the garden and done a little gardening or weeding and just with my bare hands, just to get my hands really into the ground or the earth. Um, I've gone and exercised at a gym. Sometimes just playing with my cats or my dog helps. Um, Another thing is looking at a, a being around small children when they're really happy and seeing what is it, what was that delight, that, that joy, that simple pleasure that a child feels, and, you know, remembering when we felt that way in our own lives. And the other thing, of course, is to get professional help, and I and I still do that to this day. In episode ten, Doctor Sindorf talked about stress and anxiety and its effect on the relationship between the body and mind. Do stress and anxiety affect the relationship between the body, mind, and the spirit? And what's a simple way people can get them back into alignment to get the spirit? back connected with the body and mind? Well, I find that stress and anxiety keep, keep us focused in our minds and keep us focused on what is wrong. Uh, usually we're living in the past or a little bit in the future, worrying about what's going to happen even five minutes from now or worrying about something that happened in the past. So in that moment, we're not we're not present to ourselves. We're really not consciously connected to our bodies or our spirits. So there is this, this disconnect. And again, the simplest thing I do is I ask myself, am I breathing? And I may have to do this many times during the day because I'm very clairsentient and I sometimes pick up other people's feelings. So I need to get very centered in myself to know, is this really something that, that I'm feeling in me or is this for somebody else, and usually it's somebody else. And when I'm really coming from that centered and grounded place within myself, then I know the difference. So people basically really should, when things get out of balance, the first step is to make sure you're breathing. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like um, a small child, when there's a lot of stuff happening around a small child uh, or they're in fear, they'll, they'll kind of go up into a ball and kind of stop breathing so no one will notice they're there. 
And so that kind of gets triggered then when we stop breathing is something that really started maybe when we were really small. So it's really important to break that cycle by focusing on breathing wow. and bringing ourselves back to the present moment. We understand you've been trained in a lot of different modalities over the last 25 years. Um, what would you say is the training that you have experienced the most benefit from, and has this, how has this served you at, um, in your daily life? Well, the first one was the meditational and energetic healing system that I've been studying the last 25 years because that has really helped me come to the perspective that I am a spirit here. I have a right to uh, have my own energy. Uh, It's helped me really come to understand the intuitive feelings and things that I've just had a kind of a sense about but didn't know what I knew. And uh, I heard a quote recently that really helped me with this. It was, stop talking to spirit and start talking as spirit. Holding the light. That's all there is. Have to jump in right here because it's time for a commercial break. But keep that thought in mind, living as spirit. And I want to start with that when we come back. So it's time for a commercial break, and we're going to continue with that question when we come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. At the Before the break, we were talking with Margaret about living as spirit and speaking as spirit. Margaret, can you continue on this train of thought? Well, what's really interesting, Kmart, is that um, that quote came to me about a week ago when I was preparing to work with you and uh, Dee Lee um, on you know, on this segment of your show. So I, it, it's such as I find that simple little phrases help me remember when I'm out in the world and getting bombarded with other people's energy and the energy from, you know, cars and all the stuff out in the world to have something very simple to bring me back to the conscious reality and being grounded centered in my form. So I really like that quote, stop talking to spirit and start talking as spirit. And as soon as I say that, I can see myself looking through the eyes of spirit and yet being here in human form. That is so profound. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. There seems to be a lot of mystery around the relationships between our bodies, our minds, and the energetics surrounding each of us. Do you have any insights to share with us on how to recognize our individual connections to maximize the discovery process? So uh, this mystery um, about the energetics surrounding us, I believe that the energetics surrounding us is, of spirit is unconditional love or the God force energy, or the universal love force. You know, people call it by different things. It's all the same. Um, And an insight to recognize this would be like feeling calm. I feel calm. I feel relaxed. I feel good about myself. When I feel good about myself, chances are I am looking through the eyes of spirit. When I like myself, really like myself and feel joyful, just being present here at this time, uh, that's a pretty good indicator of being connected to a higher or greater part of ourselves. I would say that when we have this, we need to be, we need to want the connection and we need to focus on staying connection. And this requires the focus of loving ourselves and our bodies and our minds to make and keep the connections. And one way to, to do this when we don't know what love feels like is to focus on how, how you love your pet. How about the love of a child or the love of nature, something that's easy to love? then focusing on how that feels in one's body. It's like going into a dark room and turning on the light and really moving into the room and being in that space and feeling happy about it. 
You've mentioned a couple of times being present and, you know, instead of being off somewhere. Could you expand on that, please? <laughs> well, I'm, <clears throat> I, uh, I have a lot of opportunities to practice this because uh, I have a mind that leaps all over the place, and so I get many opportunities to practice coming back to this present moment, not a moment ago, not a moment in the future, but right now. What's really going on right now? And focusing on my breath really helps me bring that to that clarity of what's going on right now because then the spirit, the mind, and the body are connected and I can decide consciously if there's something I need to do or say from a place of really caring about and loving myself. Thank you. I'm home. <laughs> I am in the room. <laughs> I, I like that imagery. Window, I'm in the room. <laughs> yeah, I really like that imagery. Um, I've heard people talk about spirit guides. Do you have them? Do you have suggestions for listeners on how to learn about this if they want more information? Um, I do have spirit guides. And I didn't always know this until I started training. And then um, when, when we started training, we had an area, you know, in the mind where the spirit guides were so that any time I wanted to access them, I could go deliberately and consciously to that room. And what's important about that is that engaged my mind so that my mind was also an important part of making this connection to the spirit guide. I think that's really important. Our minds are also very valuable, as as one of your previous um, guests has said. They're very valuable, and we need to give them a job. And one of the jobs is to make a connection to these areas of our mind that hold this information about where we where we connect the spirit. You know, is it do we have a room or an area in ourselves where we go and really focus on healing ourselves? Um, and what's out there right now, are, you know, 25 years ago, people didn't talk about spirit guides. Now there's a lot more information in books, in literature, in the movies about um, connecting, like, to angels or fairies. There are angel cards. There are fairy cards. There are animal cards. There's a lot more information for people to uh, find in order to um, really learn about this area for themselves. So maybe somebody should go to YouTube and type spirit guides or angel guides into the search box and see what comes up. That's a very good suggestion. And I would say that the most important part of looking up information is for each person to pay attention to how that information makes them feel. And that will be a very good, because you want a positive spirit guide. You have a right not to have certain spirit guides. If you don't like the information that you're getting, you can change your guides and get different ones. So you can fire that one. Absolutely. It's very important <laughs> that we have this, this right, because not all energy out there is positive, and we need to become aware 
of what really serves our highest and best good. So we had talked about the body being kind of a house, you know, house of our soul. And um, we were talking a couple of days ago about uh, from the standpoint of the spirit looking at the house and how to design it. Um, and so with with some of that concept, it sounds like, you know, with, um, with some of your training with counseling and ministry, um, do you know how people relate with uh, counselors and ministers? Sometimes it feels like there's a disconnect. Do you know if there are certain questions that should be asked for uh, seeking the the connection that would be best from the, a professional um, connection I, for either of those? I think the most important questions to ask are the questions we ask ourselves. A couple of them would be like, how do I feel about myself when I'm with this person? How do I feel about myself when I'm in this class? Do I feel that this person is really listening to me, or do they have their own agenda? Uh, Paying attention to our own feelings is one of the most important things that we can do, because not every practitioner will be the right fit. Uh, The clients need to listen to their own bodies, their minds, and their spirits to know what's right for them. Very, very good Good things to to ponder for that. Um, But moving on, I've heard that yoga, doing some form of yoga, can help you get more balance in your life. And I know there are a lot of different yoga forms. Um, Do you have thoughts on which forms would be better? Um, It seems like learning how to manage the breath is really critical, and I know yoga can help with that. Um, Can you share your thoughts on this, if somebody wants to get started with yoga, or ways to remember to do it every day? Essentially, remember to breathe. (laughs) Well, I would say, when you were speaking the word yoga, what I tuned to when I've done yoga before, what was important is there was a focus on breathing and movement, both of which are really, really important to keep the energy flowing um, in our forms and, you know, to keep everything loose and limber. And we're really fortunate to live at this time in this place where there's so much information available, so many different kinds of classes that a person can take or can go online and do classes and and, uh, do that in that way. And I know in one of your prior sessions, Dr. Sindorf, prescribed the focus on breathing 10 times, 10 breaths twice a day. And I thought that was such a good um, focus because it had the time element and it had the breathing. And I would say to add to that, um, to add to the breath and movement of yoga, uh, prayer and meditation every day. It can be active, which means that you can also do it when you're moving. Um, the the most important thing is you want to bring a conscious focus into your body with breathing in that energy of love or spirit or relaxation. And another thing people can do is hand mudras, and that is, um, I, can, I think it's the Buddhists that use like the thumb and first finger 
And what that does is that locks the energy of connecting to spirit into the physical body. In our practice, I, we use the thumb and first two fingers, so there are times when I also, to be sure that I'm really getting a clear, centered focus, will use my hand mudra and put my fingers together, my three fingers together, and focus on breathing. Have you heard of the hot yoga? I have. I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was in Hawaii on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Would you recommend something like that or something like that only good for certain people? It's it's very individual. Some people really can't tolerate the heat. And if they have physical problems, they really need to consult a physician first. I had to stay at the back of the room close to the door and give myself permission to lie down or to actually leave the room if I if I got overwhelmed. And I think that people have to be able to give themselves that kind of permission and to and to get into it gradually. And I've asked a lot of different people about this and not everyone can handle it. And I but find it's, it's also excellent. So beneficial. As if somebody's gonna take classes, they really need to talk with the teacher and find out how if what that teacher teaches would work for that person, especially if they have some kind of physical challenges. Yes. Well, I, I've listened to a number of my clients um, who've taken different classes, and what I'm really understanding is it's important to to find a class that really works for you. Does the teacher listen? Um, does the teacher really um, acknowledge, you know, each client's needs? Uh, or do they just have an agenda and that you have to do so many repetitions? Um, it's really important that a person pay attention to how their body feels when they go into any exercise class and uh, give themselves permission to move into it gradually so that they will want to keep it up. So it's not a chore. It's interesting how time is always one of those topics that people never feel like they have enough time in the day to do everything they need to. And also taking care of ourselves. For some reason, we, we, you know, most people look at it as the lowest priority. And it's very much needing to be on the top of the list, but how do you suggest our listeners approach this dilemma so that their care is not the lowest priority for themselves? Well, I am a list maker. That's how I keep focused. And um, I also have that dilemma of where am I on the list? I just have what needs to be done. The most important thing we can do is put ourselves at the top of the list. What do we need to do today to really nurture and care for ourselves, our bodies, our minds, our spirits. So we have to come to the top of the list because we are the foundation of our whole, of our life. We have to have time to breathe and center, to meditate, to exercise, uh, make or create healthy, nutritious food, drink enough water, get enough rest, all of that that's important, needs to go on that list. Margaret, 
I've talked to some different people about this whole concept of taking care of themselves first. And a lot of times the response I get is, that's being selfish. How do you answer that? Well, the the good news is that they talk about that a lot more in our culture today. You get on a plane, and they always tell you that if the oxygen masks come down, you have to put it on yourself first. Or you may not have enough oxygen and, you know, be able to connect in your conscious brain to put an oxygen mask on a child or someone else. So we really have to take care of ourselves first, or we may not be able to function in order to help anyone else. We need to pause for a commercial break and take a deep breath. Don't go away. And uh, be sure to breathe. When we come back, Margaret will be sharing with us how we can maintain the important connection between our body and mind and also be balanced with the energetics around us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. 
Margaret, we've been talking about you, with you with the um, focus on in the importance of caring for our physical selves, but also being connected to the energetics around us. With all the demands that you have on yourself, I know being a massage therapist is a really intense profession and you're giving so much to your clients. How do you maintain your own connections and your own energy levels in order to help to be what you to do what you need to do as a massage therapist? Well, as as we were talking in our the last segment, um, the most important thing I have to do is put myself at the top of the list. I can't ask others to do what I'm not doing for myself. So when I'm at the top of the list, I have to make sure that I get enough rest, I drink enough water, I eat healthy foods, and for me that means cutting out a lot of the white sugar and things that really cloud my focus. Um, Getting exercise every day and breathing in fresh air. Sometimes I just go and stand outside and breathe in fresh air so that I feel really alive inside. Um, An exercise that I do uh, that I'm going to share with you and your listeners is called the five gates. So standing in like a relaxed uh, stance with the the, uh, feet below the hips, The five gates are the soles of the feet, the bottom of the feet, the palms of the hands, and the top of the head. And then the focus is on breathing in the energy that is all around us, that life force or chi, ki energy that is all around us, and bringing it in through the feet, through the hands, and through the top of the head. And martial artists really do a lot of work with chi energy, and they use the chi when they're in uh, in their training. And I use this chi to keep the energy flowing smoothly through every cell in my body. And then I also use this chi coming through my feet and out my hands uh, to help me uh, do the massage work. If I don't do that, then I'm using just my personal efforting, and then I can injure myself and have in the past. So then I have to make sure I'm really connected to that flow of energy and use that to help me in my work. So do you do that before each client or um, how often do you tend to do that? Well, um, start the day with it for sure and then have a focus on it. Sometimes during the massage, if it feels like it's getting a little difficult, I, I take a breath and I focus inside myself feel my feet on the ground, and feel the energy coming through the five gates, the five areas that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. In Chinese medicine, there are meridians that run through the body. Do you as a massage therapist pay attention to these meridians, or do you have other ways of nonverbal communication with the body? I have not studied the meridians in depth, although I have seen the meridians on charts, um, and worked with an acupuncturist. I have studied some polarity therapy, and that also focuses on the meridians in the body. So there are some uh, massage techniques that using the hands. I focus on uh, putting my hands on different points on the meridians and balancing the energy in between, or with cranial sacral, uh, a holding of the head, 
there I can focus running energy down through the body, and I often see it then lining up the meridians uh, if they've been out, out of alignment. And often I see the, the client relax more in their body and take a deep breath. Hmm. In our Be Mighty system, we work with a formula we call the Mighty Handy Formula, and that's the foundation, which is the thumb, the focus, which is the first finger, feel the middle finger, flow the ring finger, and fun for the little finger, and then when you open the whole hand, it's it's freedom. And so we've tied this to the hand as a way to remember this formula. Is there a way that massaging our hand ourselves would help keep the energy flowing, help remind us of this and, and... the, use this for the choices that we make? Um, when we put on hand lotion, bring, being mindful, bringing your conscious awareness to really massaging that lotion into the muscles of the hand and into the fingers, bringing our conscious awareness to the hand will really help that. Um, I've also found that if, if the hands are kind of stuck and sore, that the muscles in the forearms on the top and on the bottom often will be tight, so you can massage your muscles of your forearms as well, up and down, or even across, just to try and break up some of that stuck energy that's keeping that flow from going down through your hands. And the other would be to, again, focus on the five gates and focusing on that flow of chi through the arms, the hands and the fingers. So how does um, the role of water um, help our physical and emotional bodies? I mean, we drink a lot of water, and during times of the year, we seem to drink more when we're out and about. But um, is there a certain number of uh, cups of water we should be drinking, the type of water? Because I know there's all kinds of different types of water that people have focused on, saying this one's better than the one out of the... uh, out of the faucet. Um, I, I'm not an expert on water. Um, I know that I often don't drink enough water, and that's why I think I'm bringing a focus on that to your to your listeners. Uh, because, like, in, after giving a massage, we always ask our clients to drink more water, and the reason for that is that when we release stuck energy out of the muscles, that stuck energy or that energetic gunk, um, if we aren't drinking enough water, that can just get stuck somewhere else in our body. So if you drink enough water, that to- those toxins then will be diluted and can flow out of the body. And the same with emotions. Our emotions can get stuck in our bodies as well. So it's really important to keep the, the energy flow of the body moving, and we can do that by drinking enough water. Uh, about the energy of water, Dr. Masaru Emoto, E-M-O-T-O, wrote uh, his first book was The True Power of Water when he studied the molecular um, construct of water that was... Um, had negative energy of water that was really healthy. And what they found is that by holding a focus of prayer 
or a positive energy on the water, like writing love on the outside of your water glass, or smile or joy, something really positive and holding that energy on the water actually changes the molecular structure of the water. So That's um, wild. That is, <laughs> it's just truly amazing what, what uh, scientists are coming up with. So, so what people do is then you can write the word love and put it on your water bottle or on your, you know, on the bigger one that you might be bringing into your home or office or something that is a really positive um, message for you and for your body. And write that on there and see if you don't feel differently. You can even think a positive thought when you drink it and see if that doesn't change how you relate to the water you're drinking. You could have a feeling like you're a great big smile walking around. <laughs> Absolutely. And it doesn't is... matter the age group. They've had small children do this. They've had older people do it. Big groups, one person. Um, his, if, if you really want to know about it, I would refer to Dr. Emoto's work. That's awesome. How, how much do we, or how can we tell if we're, we are drinking enough water? I mean, do we need to rely on the, um, you know, two quarts a day or three quarts a day? Is there a way that we can tell within our bodies when we're drinking enough? Well, I know I'm not drinking enough water when I get caught in, like, circular thinking or get caught stuck in the mind or just can't get the energy flowing through my emotional field or I just feel kind of lethargic or tired and just can't get clear-headed, generally that means that I am not drinking enough water and eating too much sugar. Um, these are just some of my ways. I'm, I'm a small person. Um, I sometimes feel like I'm floating away if I drink the required, you know, or, or requested six to eight glasses of water a day, but I, my body really feels so much better when I'm drinking more water. I would say it's tuned to how your body feels. You know, try it for yourself. Experiment how your body feels when you drink X amount of water. If our listeners are going to hire a massage therapist, what questions should they ask the potential therapist? Um, I that's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, when I go to a new specialist, I often get referrals from friends, so somebody who's already tested them out. But if they have not, um, it depends on the kind of massage that a person wants. Um, If they want to just go for relaxation, need to ask if the therapist can give just a relaxation massage. You know, and if you're at the place, get a sense, does it feel like a nice spa or relaxing feeling in the room? If you've had a recent injury or you're in pain, does that therapist do trigger point work and and pain release work? Um, If you've had uh, like a recent leg sprain or you have inflammation in your body from an injury, does the massage therapist, do they know how to give a, a lymphatic drainage massage? So the questions depend on the kind of massage you want. I'd say that mostly... The most important thing is to pay attention to our feelings when we 
are with that therapist because um, that potential therapist, it's, it's like remember that we're the ones doing the interview and we're wanting to hire someone to assist us with our very important bodies. So when we come from that perspective, we aren't just likely to give our power away to someone else. Just mm-hmm. remember that this is your body, it's very important, and you're the one doing the hiring. We only have a few minutes left here. Um, Margaret, I know you had some suggestions for listeners to do every day, and normally we ask for one, um, and I know you have more than one, but do you, what are these suggestions to help listeners to be mighty and to be in balance both in their physical body, their mind, their emotions, and their spirit? So I made a list, and basically we touched on all of these during the segment today. I really like Dr. Sindorf's prescription for 10 deep breaths twice daily because that's something we can focus on and has a time frame. And... While we're breathing, to focus on breathing energy into our body, positive energy, I would say eat a lot less white sugar, drink water with positive thoughts, moderate exercise daily, uh, listen to happy, positive music and maybe move to it or dance. And then something also very important is to be grateful for something in your life at least once every day. And turn your mouth into a smile. It really does lighten the mood in the body. And then listen to the other segments of your show because your your uh, guest speakers have all brought something very important to share. Thank you for that comment. Um, and thank you for joining us today, Margaret. If any well, of our listeners, you. you're welcome. If any of our listeners want to contact you directly with specific questions. What would be the best way for them to reach you? Well, I have an email that is mannhanner at comcast.net. .com or dot .net? Dot .net. Dot .net. Okay. Um, is it M as in Mary? A, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, A, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, E, and then also put the words Voice America Be Mighty, B-M-Y-T-E, in the subject line so that it jumps out. But um, that information will be up on our BeMighty.com resources page as well because that's where we are um, putting contact information. And if there's any other details that you would like, that's where someone would find that connection information. Join us next week, Friday, November 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. We will be talking with someone who has been our co-host in the past, Lynn Shirell. So we're going to bring her back as we present a power-packed hour of how to sustain being mighty. And for this, this whole series, we've talked about ways to be mighty. So on that show, we're going to pull it all together and talk about sustaining the process. Thanks for listening. 
you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.